Drop in, and I hope you're ready, because you're listening to Kings of Film, coming up right now. All right. Welcome back to Kings of Film. I am your co-host, Eli, and we have our other one right here. Uh, Reginald Wright. And we have our two special guests again returning with us. We have... Silver Brown. And... Camaro Johnson. There you go. They were there for the last Jedi episode, and they're back for the Mandalorian Season 2 review. All right, overall thoughts, just real quick, of Season 2. Good use of episodes. Yeah. Season uh, 1 could have worked on a little bit. I think Season 2 used up their episodes wisely with, with everything they put in it. I, I agree. Um, the, fir- the the second episode and the first episode, they were like a little amp for me, but I still loved them. They made up Like the, fir- the first episode was really good. Second mm-hmm. episode, I was like, eh, this is a little lackluster, but... Then the rest of the episodes, I loved watching the rest of the episodes. And it was a, just a great season. Yeah. Uh, can't really complain for me. I mean, I'm a sucker for anything Star Wars. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Uh-huh. If, if, if you hear me, I can hardly never say anything bad about Star Wars besides The Last Jedi. Yeah. That one is pretty amp for me. But, like, even. <laughs> so. Let me think. Like. Rebels, I, I I always heard that one was like pretty sucky, but watching it, I loved it. I, I was like thinking of like maybe it's it's probably not worth it because I don't think it carries on the trilogy, but it it does pretty dang well too. I still haven't watched it yet. I watched clips and battles, but I think, I'll watch I think it because and also in this new season two they talked about Admiral Thrawn. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see that. I know he's a character from Rebels, and I've heard of him from Legends, so it's like. I'm excited to see it too. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see how they'll put him in and what he'll be mm-hmm. doing. Because in the rebel, in rebels, he's one of the most powerful forces. Yeah, in of the empire. But yeah. I feel, I have a feeling because I'm not sure when the Ahsoka timeline is. I have a feeling it's gonna be a. I have a feeling that her hunt for him is gonna be in her show. Yeah. So? I I think so. I don't think that's gonna be. In the Mandalorian itself, just unless they decide to have Mando kill off um, Grand Animal Thrawn, but I feel like that would be Ahsoka's job because she's the one hunting. I can for see him. it being her job, but I can also like I can see it also being in her show, but I can also see it like her hi- like not hiring, but like having the Mandalorian kill him, finding him, hunting him down. That'd be awesome. If she hired him. That'd be <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if, you ask, would... if you ask me, in the Mandalorian. It's pretty much a video game, so if they translated it into an actual video game, it'd be really dope. It would be freaking sweet. Yeah. All they gotta do is add them into the battle for us. <laughs> Honestly, that, they, they put do. them in Fortnite, put them in the battle. I know. Come on. Well, I have a feeling we'll be seeing a lot, like, when they do uh, Battlefront 3, if they do Battlefront 3, we'll be seeing Mando and Ahsoka and all these characters now. Along with the returning characters. <laughs> Baby Yoda. I don't think Grogu will be in the game. He might be in a section. Of like, like a campaign. Store. Yeah, in campaign, but not a character. I can, see a, I can see a super sweet campaign in that. Yeah. yeah. If they really try it. Alright, we're going to go episode by episode. Kind of go through each episode. And um, give a quick recap of what happened. And like our general 
feelings about it. So here's episode, not episode nine, chapter nine, The Marshal, the first episode. It was directed by John Favreau and written by John Favreau. So the Mandalorian has been tasked with returning his charge, a child, to its people, the Jedi. He begins searching for other Mandalorians who he believes can help him find the Jedi and is directed to a rumored Mandalorian operating out of the Tatooine town, Mos Pego. Lego. Goodness. Lego. Thank you. <laughs> Some of these planets mess me up. I can't pronounce Mos them. Mos <laughs> There he learns that there is no Mandalorian in Mos Pego, but is confronted by, um, by Marshal Cobb Vanth, who wears Mandalorian armor, which looks like um, Boba's. Mm-hmm. But, that was a very big shock. I was like, oh, it's Boba Fett! I know. Yeah, and then he took off his helmet. like, Wait, I was like, that's, that's, that's not Boba Fett! Fett. <laughs> what a disappointment. That's not Boba <laughs> uh, uh, Cobb explains that he freed his town from the control of the mining collective using this armor, which he bought from Jawas in the desert. The town is now frequently attacked by a crate dragon. Cobb agrees to give the Mandalorian armor back to its people in exchange for help killing the crate dragon. The Mandalorian arranges an agreement between the villagers of Mospego and a local clan of Tusken Raiders to work together to kill the Crate Dragon in exchange for peace between the group. They lure out the Crate Dragon, which ultimately kills by the Mandalorian. He leaves with Ban's armor, watched by a scarred Boba Fett. One sec. I think that that... I think it seemed like a pointless episode at the time, just him fighting the, the monster dragon. for the people. But when you think about it, if he didn't get the armor from the Marshal... Boba Fett wouldn't have tried to hunt him down. They wouldn't have been able to. Right. He wouldn't have been able to help him. It was a end. very important episode. Yeah, it, it was. And it also, Lee, that's a new word. Also, the way it was set up, not the way it was set up, but the transition from normal TV screen to like cinema screen and the. Um, it changed from normal TV to like 4K cinema. And you're like. Oh, that thing's massive, and the fight was epic. Mm-hmm. It was a good entry for the first episodes in the new season. It was I, like, this is gonna be good. I love the way it starts out though, when he like goes to like the Fight Club. Yeah, yes. I, I didn't even mention that. He goes to the Fight Club. Well, it's because you don't talk about Fight Club. Oh um, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but he goes there, and the guy's just like, "I'm gonna kill you for your armor," and he's like, "No, you're not." And then he uses the the, the missile missile thing. He's like, "What is it called?" The whistling bird. Whistling bird. Uh-huh. He uses him, kills everyone in there. But he first kicks Baby Yoda out of the way. I'm like, you know, I love when he like sees him like, <laughs> like turning it on. He closes his little. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's gonna get messy. Closes. I love how Baby. Yeah, he just click, and then and he, it closes, and it's just like. I like the way that he kills the guy. He doesn't he kill hangs, him. Well, he hangs him. And leaves him for the animals. <laughs> and shoots the oh, light out. Yeah, that was whole. And then you just see the animals come at him. It reminded me of Lion King. Well, like, Scar, like, got thrown down in the thing. And you just see the shadow and, like, all the hyenas coming at Scar. That's what it kind of reminded me of. It, it almost reminded me of the, um, the Wolf Wolves on Rebels. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of it. But, like, I know it wasn't that, but I'm like, it's probably a creature similar to that. I was going to say, it reminded me of the... Hera and Sabine fighting the nightmares inside at the old Republic at the, base. At the um, yeah. What was it? It was because they. It was one of the ones that we've seen. It was the base that we saw in season seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. the one where they couldn't come out into the light. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So overall idea on a scale of one to ten, where do you guys rank it? The yeah. entire season two. No, this first episode. Um, I'd probably give it a good eight and a half just because of how. 
important it is. Yeah. But I it had it. a lot of extra stuff, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't give it a perfect ten. Okay. Oh yeah, I wouldn't give it a perfect ten either. Um, I agree with Silver. Eight and a half is just because how important it was. And mm-hmm. I mean, seeing Boba Fett at the end of the at any moment is. I was gonna say we saw Boba Fett at the end, and that's what <laughs> makes me want to give it an eight point five, mm-hmm. just because it's like, oh, this is gonna. And then you show up and you're like. Sweet, he has his armor. Oh, yeah, you're gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be a bounty hunter versus bounty hunter. Uh, but then, oh wait, what? I was actually about to say eight, but I guess hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Where we actually know what this one led to. Right. But I say when I first watched it, actually, I'd say it was about maybe a seven, because I really enjoyed the fight scene and stuff. But I was like, this is the first episode, because in the first episode of the first season, we got introduced to Mandalorian, like. We got to see this guy's an awesome. He's an awesome fighter, fighter. and then we get to see him re- reach to the child, mm-hmm. and it ends there. And and we knew exactly where the rest of the season was going to go off of that. I However, also... this one doesn't do really do that. You don't think, mm-hmm. you you think more. Oh, the Boba Fett's going to be a one episode. You don't think uh, this is going to be a huge thing for the rest of the season. I also think that um, it is supposed to be like a. Uh, space adventure like he's a bounty hunter so a lot of his missions and everything are side quest side quest-esque and so when people complain oh they're all just side quests it's really boring they never get to the main thing i think that's really fun because you can watch a single episode and be like oh i like that one this one was nice you don't have to watch them all together but when you do you get rewarded and so see i like like that's that's like exactly it's like when it's like you could watch each episode as it is, except for at least the last two, because the last two are very yeah. intertwined with each other. But it's like, so it's like I could go watch season. I could go watch episode five and then go back to episode one, and it feels like it would be two totally different things. Right. But then once you watch the whole thing in a total, it is a you can really see that it's a combined like a complete story. Yeah, right. it's a complete story, but it looks like it's like not one giant arc. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say once you watched one and you were like, okay, that doesn't really seem like it's getting. You're gonna have episodes you like like, and episodes you don't like. Next one's gonna be better. Speaking Mm -hmm. of episodes we may not like, we got episode two, chapter ten, the passenger, (laughs) directed by Peyton Reed and written by John Favreau. That was good. (laughs) That's some good stuff right there. Oh, I did not like that. I know this is the most disliked episode. I would look at the review. But I'm pretty sure, like, the rating, I'm pretty sure it's one of the lowest rating episodes. Let's say, let's, we should, like, us as a collector should give it a rating as well. Like, all yeah. of us do a rating. Yeah, why don't you give them the yeah, yeah, review? Yeah, here's if, the recap. If you forget what this one is, but I feel like most people remember this one. I remember this one because it freaked me out a little bit. Oh, yeah. The Mandalorian agrees to take a frog lady and her eggs from Tatooine to the Estuary Moon Trap where her husband will fertilize the eggs in exchange for information on other Mandalorians. Due to the eggs' fragility, they must travel at slow sublight speed. On their journey, they are confronted by X-Wing fighters who force the Mandalorian to a nearby icy planet because he is wanted by the New Republic for his role in a prison break. He crash lands on the planet. While the Mandalorian fixes the ship, the child stumbles upon numerous eggs inside an ice cave, which hatched to reveal a swarm of spider-like creatures. The Mandalorian, Mandalorian, child, and passenger are trapped in the Razor Crest, the Mandalorian ship, until the X-Wing pilots find them and kill the creatures. They explain that because the Mandalorian helped apprehend his accomplices, 
from the prison break, they will drop the arrest warrant and leave him without a war with a warning. After the Mandalorian finishes the repairs, the tattered razor crest takes off and resumes its journey to Trask. First of all, I felt so bad for his the, ship. I felt bad for the frog lady. I felt bad for everything. Because <laughs> Baby Yoda, you see oh him, he God. touches yeah. the eggs and she's like, yeah. oh, he's connecting to them. Yeah, no, yeah. he's eating them. No, he, want, he wants snacks. He's like, I sense but, life. But I mean, like, what in the world? But I mean, if you think about it, season one, why he's eating the eggs? Because he likes frogs. He eats frogs. Oh, I forgot. Oh. I, yeah. And he would try and catch the frog. At, and he uh, ate it. Yeah, and he was eating froggy sense. snack, and it was just. <laughs> a lot of people hated Baby Yoda because of that. He's just eating all the eggs. Like I didn't hate him, but I, I didn't hate because like, he's a baby. Yo. He's gonna eat things. I was just like, stop him. Stop him. No, I'll. No, so you know, I was like, it kind of creeped me out. I was freaking terrified that she was gonna look over and see Baby Yoda trying to eat eggs. I was like, somehow, she's gonna freaking somehow she never. She's just gonna go over and just choke him out and kill him. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was like, this is this is not good. I know. And but Mando was like, stop it. He's like a dad there. He's like, hey, stop it. I said well, Mando no. is dad. He really is. But he's not the Mandalorian. He's the, the Gadalorian. I hated the frog lady. Because of the travel at sublight speed. Yeah. Right. Like, I understand that the eggs can't go through hyperspace because they'll be ruined. Mm -hmm. But that ruined them for sure. The Honda Civic. That's that, where it that's that's when it really started. That's where it started getting the name the Honda Civic after that episode. Because <laughs> it's like, well, gotta get repaired, gotta get fixed. I was gonna say more call it the Ford. I think the trip was pretty pretty worth it. Though. At least at least it's no Cortez arc. Because I thought that the next yeah. episode was, was going to be continued then. <laughs> I, at least they got to their destination the right. next episode. And the spiders, I give them applause for that with the spiders. Like, they were kind of terrifying. It gave me... Um, They're the same alien. spiders from Rebels, right? No, because the Rebel ones um, had or blaster repellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I mean, I've watched the show, but I know... I mean, I, I feel like there are... They're a very similar species. Mm -hmm. I think it's like. But I think it's just like the. Well, I think it's the planet that they're living on. Maybe since this one is more icy. They're accommodated to that. They're accommodated, but and that's what makes the blasters affect them is because of how cold it is. Yeah. And then it. like the ones on the because they look very similar. They've got the eyes all around on the bottom and the mouth as well. Definitely, it was. I love how he ate one of them. <laughs> when he's like, he's like, I can't eat these eggs anymore. I gotta go find something else to eat. Also, frog lady leaving to go take a bath. My goodness. I'm like, that's nice that you found a hot spring, but the the eggs they reminded me of Alien. I thought one was gonna jump out and latch onto his face. <laughs> I kind of hoped it was happening. Like what was in his soup? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the next episode. <sighs> All right. Overall review of episode two. What's your um rating <clears throat> of it? Probably. It's on the lower side for me. I give it a, I give I it a three point five. Three point five? I give it a three point five. Wow. I did not like that I'd episode whatsoever. I would say a five point five for me. I would say five. Alright, so overall lower rating of the first two. I'd say a six because like to me it's still Mandalorian, I mean I, I was gonna I'm okay. still gonna see him like kick fighters butt. But. Uh -huh. Yeah, I just I, I wasn't a fan of that episode and it's also probably because my arachnophobia was like all no, over the place with that episode, and I was like, no! But I'm like, I'm still gonna watch it because it's Mandalorian. Right. But I'm like, it's spiders, and I don't like yeah, spiders. That was, that was it was It was almost just, it was just one of those episodes where it was like, you gotta see him, see what happens on his journey to the next episode, which is the whole 
Right. Speaking of the episode, we have episode 3, chapter 11, The Heiress, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard and written by John Favreau. Man, he's written a lot of the first episodes. I was going to say, well, I think he wrote most. I yeah, I'm pretty sure he's everyone. Our Lord and Savior, John Favreau and he's, Dave Filoni. Got, amen and John amen. John Favreau has got his hand in pretty much every episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. At Trask, the frog frog lady reunites with her husband, and they direct the Mandalorian to a local inn where he can find information on other Mandalorians. A fisherman offers to take the Mandalorian to the others, but on board the fishing ship, he is ambushed by fishermen who want to sell his armor. The Mandalorian and the child are rescued by three Mandalorians, led by Bo-Katan Kryn. She enlists his help in seizing weapons from an Imperial freighter in exchange for information on the Jedi. After weapon... Wait... After boarding the freighter, I can't English today, sorry. English. Bo-Katan reveals that their main objective is to capture the ship along with the weapons for their war effort to reconquer Mandalore. The Imperial captain is instructed by Moff Gideon to crash the ship, but his efforts are stopped by Bo-Katan who questions the captain about the Darksaber. He commits the unlighting. Bo-Katan directs the Mandalorian to meet the Jedi Ahsoka Tano in the city of Kaldan. On the forest planet of Corvus, with the Razor Crest partially repaired, the Mandalorian and the child continue on their journey. Mm. Honestly, mm. when mm. these mm. first mm. ones that came out, the first three, that was my favorite episode. Oh, I was so excited. The fight comes. scene of all four Mandalorians working together. Everybody's like running in with the bombs. Right. I just love the fight. I mean, there, I think it gave it a higher, a little bit higher rating. Oh, Honestly, yeah. well, when you see them, and the translation from animation to live action was flawless. Oh, I love right. seeing like, Bo-Katan, dude. I was going to say, like, this was, this was one thing that I was really excited to see after they basically confirmed Ahsoka in The Mandalorian. I was like, we're finally seeing Clone Wars characters come to live action. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a great season. And then I didn't even realize that they were putting Bo-Katan in when I first initially saw Bo-Katan, my jaw dropped. It was like... And uh, she looks amazing. People say, Bo-Katan, she's too young. Like, no, the actress that plays her is around the same age that Bo-Katan would be. So, like, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bo-Katan just doesn't age. She lives to spite everyone. I was going to say, everybody um, got mad about that episode, too, like, because of the boob armor. And I was like, <laughs> they have to make it to fit her body from there. They're not going to make you, it just yo, flat. They, they, yeah, I'm about to uh, Here's well, what I say about this. And here, here's, what I, here's, here's what I like. I think is funny. In Rebels, Sabine Wren, she has boob armor. Like, it, but they're freaking out over the live-action Bo-Katan and her and the other Mandalorians having boob armor. It's like, did you guys forget about Sabine? I think they were just because most of the time it's um when that happens it's very skimpy armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had something, Reggie? I mean, got to think about it. Beskar is a very like it used to. There used to be a lot of it, but now they can't find a lot, so they're gonna have to do as much as they can to conserve Beskar. Right. And how are they gonna do that? Make it as close to your body as possible. Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna make it super tight to where she can't breathe, mm-hmm. but they're gonna make it tight enough to where. She can still move around and fight. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, review, like, rating of that episode. For me, I'm going to say a 9 out of 10. I was going to say 9 out of 10. Eight, eight and a half, nine. I'd probably say 8.5. I, I liked it when it first came out. So when I first saw it, I'm like, mm-hmm. 
I love this episode. That's going to be the episode that I rewatched the most. But later on, there was an episode that came out that I'm like, never mind. Right? Probably the only reason I even give it an eight and a half, not a full nine, is just because we're just barely meeting the three Mandalorians for the first time mm-hmm. in the in the Mandalorian. And then later on, when you have them, then I'd probably say give them a higher rating because we're you're actually using them right but for us because we've watched a lot of Star Wars media we know who they are so when we see them we're like this is them this is it guys they're doing the thing when they first land on the ship I was like I'm, I'm like oh okay it's, it's about to go down and it's like they're fighting a bunch of stormtroopers in Mandalorian armor like this is gonna be a piece of cake yeah alright the next episode is episode um 12 not episode chapter 12 the siege episode 4 Directed by Carl Weathers, written by John Favreau. The Razor Crest continue requires further repairs before it can reach Corvus, so the Mandalorian and the child take a detour to Navarro, where they are reunited with their allies Cara Dune and Grief Karga. While the Razor Crest is being repaired, the Mandalorian is shown how much thi- how much things have improved on Navarro since he was last there, under the stewardship of Karga as magistrate. Magistrate? What's it? Magistrate. That. I lost where I was. Goodness. And Dune is Marshall. The last challenge that they are facing is a remaining Imperial base on the planet. And the Mandalorian agrees to help them destroy it. They discover that the base is being used as a laboratory by Dr. Pershing to conduct experiments with the child's blood, which has a high M count. They destroy the base and escape pursuit escape pursued by stormtroopers on speeder bikes and TIE fighters. What's M? <laughs> Hey, no, that's what it says in this. I'm not cutting the word out. It says like count. <laughs> Dune and Kari escape, manage to stop the speeder bikes while the Mandalorian destroys the TIE fighters with a repaired Razor Crest. The Mandalorian and the child leave for Corvus, unaware that an Imperial spy has planted a tracker on the Razor Crest from Moth Gideon. I thought that was a pretty good episode. I, mm, It was pretty good, but the stop to Navarro I felt was kind of poor. It's like, uh, I don't think it was... Two force seeing how yeah we have to build build that ship because when it w- was last repaired mm-hmm. it was the um Mon Calamari no yeah it's yeah, Mon Calamari that repaired Calamari. it and it was badly repaired mm-hmm. yeah so, well I mean they put a thing kill Yoda on it yeah baby Yoda Rogan they put a little squid on it yeah to try to kill him <laughs> I think it was a pretty good episode I liked when they went through there especially when you heard like Snoke's theme when they looked through the clone chambers oh mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Um, I did like it when the Racercraft came back at those TIE Fighters. That was oh, definitely man. like a awesome moment. It was nice to see it like in its glory. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that episode, I mean, it was a good episode. I did like them going back to Navarro. Mm-hmm. I like the blue, how the blue dude came back. <laughs> oh, the Meryl? Uh, yeah, he came was. back. I was like, oh. Oh, like, I, I thought he was dead, to be honest. <laughs> well, I thought he was just staying frozen in carbonite, but like... Um, They're using him as like a like a little prison slave. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but that episode, like, I mean, I love seeing Navarro again. Having Mando return to like where we first really, truly saw him. Um, like, when he went to go turn in a bounty. Yeah. I just remembered, this is where it happened, guys. This is where Gene Guy made his first appearance. Oh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Gene 10 out Guy. Of 10, Gene Guy. Remember? The guy in the background. <laughs> oh, you remember? Gene Guy. Gene Guy. 10 out of 10. Best episode because of Gene Guy. Yeah. Old Gene Guy. <laughs> oh, man. 
And I can't believe they went back and edited it to cut him out. Well, they yeah, kept him in. Because he actually be canon if he was in. <laughs> a dude wearing jeans is canon in Star Wars if they keep it in. Goodness. I mean, Finn kind of wears um, jeans in The Rise of Skywalker. They're, like, really blue jeans. But they're jeans. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the episode? I can't remember much of it, but, like, what I can do. It's one of those good. episodes where I, I focused on what the next one would bring. Yeah. Like, I was like, I watched it, I was like... Okay, well, I'll see what I'll see, I want. I'd rather focus on what this will lead to, not really what's going on. But yeah, I was just more excited for the second one. I was gonna say for like a uh, for a midway season episode, um, it's what you'd expect. It, it, it's what you would expect for like in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's like it's pretty good. It's keeping the momentum of I what like we the missed. Little tank, tank scene they did. Oh, yeah. She like drives the tank off. And they were, like, I love the speeder going, chase. Especially when the speeders go off and like, oh, that's so dope, and like three of them crash immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, when yeah, when she like them like BMXing the speeders down oh, yeah. the hill, and it's like, that's oh. cool. All right, so oh, re- um, number number score of the episode, silver. I'm gonna give it like a seven and a half, eight. Seven and a half. All right. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. Eight, seven, seven and a half. half. Eight. I was going to say about a seven and a half. I'm going to say the same. So we all have like the same idea. It's a pretty good episode. Not, not as one bad one. as egg not episode. Not as bad as episode two. But no. better. But it's still pretty I, good. Yeah. Still episode two. Ugh. We're not staying episode two. All right. The next episode is chapter 13. The Jedi. Episode five. <laughs> now, before <laughs> I read this. Just let you guys know, when I remember hearing Ahsoka's coming in, I was like, they're going to wait forever to show her. Because they're only in one... It's like, she's only in one episode. I'm like, they're going to wait forever to show her in this episode, if anything. And it's like, no, they did not wait. She, she's right at, right there at the beginning. And you want to know why? Right there at the beginning. Because it was directed by Dave Filoni and written by Dave Filoni. Oh! That is why she's there at the very beginning, because Dave Filoni knows his character well enough. Here we go. I was going to say, Dave created that character... Our Lord and Savior, Joy, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau, save us again. <laughs> the Mandalorian and the child arrive at the city of Caldon on the planet of Corvus to find the population living in fear of the city's magistrate, Morgan Elizabeth. That's a weird normal name. Yeah, I know. That's a lot. <laughs> That's normal name. She, she's British. <laughs> <laughs> and her guards, including a hired mercenary named Lang. Goodness. These are some normal names. They must have traveled to the planet Earth. <laughs> Elizabeth offers to give the Mandalorian a spear of Beskar steel in exchange for killing Ahsoka. The Mandalorian finds Ahsoka outside the town and presents the child to her. Using the Force, Ahsoka determines that the child's name is Grogu, and that he had begun training as a Jedi before the rise of the Empire. She agrees to continue his training if the Mandalorian helps confront, helps defeat Elizabeth. They overpower the guards, free the citizens, and the Mandalorian kills Lang. Ahsoka confronts Elizabeth and demands to know the whereabouts of her master, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Afterwards, Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu due to his close attachment to the Mandalorian. Instead, she directs them to an ancient temple on the planet of Typhon, where Grogu can use the Force to decide his own fate. She also gives the spears to the Mandalorian. Now, this forgot to mention the awesome intro to the episode of where these people are running and you just see her lightsabers ignite with that nice sound mm-hmm. and she's just destroying her them. Beautiful white lightsabers. Oh. It has the same 
vibe as the start of episode nine of episode nine of the actual movies of Rise of Skywalker, mm. where Kylo's just running through. Where it's just, just like yeah, that moment of like oh this is he's doing his thing. This is peak Kylo Ren. That is peak Ahsoka. Yeah, people come hated Ahsoka. They were man, her likus aren't as long as they were in Rebels. Like okay. But she can't yeah. fight with Long Liku, so they had to shorten them so she could fight. Yeah, so the Rosario Dawson could actually perform the character that she needed to perform. Because Ahsoka's jumping and diving and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. After that, um, when she when Mando found her, <laughs> I was like, Mando, you don't stand a chance. She's toying with you. <laughs> I, I like the... I'm, I'm here to talk to you. Hope it's about that. <laughs> and then he's like sitting there, little grogu. Just I would have loved it if he had his soup again. Remember yeah, in season one where he drinks the soup? It would have been like that. I hope it's about him. Don't mind me. I'm just sipping on my soup. I or if he was playing soup. with the shift knob. such a good episode. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. This is. I love that when part it, yep. too because he won't he won't use the force unless it's like unless it's Mando telling him and it's like he's like holding something that he's attached to. Mm-hmm. And I love that we got the name for Baby Yoda as Grogu. It yeah, just no, fits that him. fits him. That it fits does. him so good. I thought we were gonna get something like Yaddle. <laughs> well, Yaddle's Yaddle, Yoda. Terrible. Yeah, you know, but we have Yoda and we have Yaddle, so everyone thought. I don't know. Was I, I was expecting um, Yida. Yida. Yeah. <laughs> or Yidle. Yidle. I'm glad it's Grogu. It's a very nice name. Mm-hmm. In the fight between her and the um, magistrate, it's a pretty good fight. Oh yeah. I love the Except moment. For- what is up with Ahsoka always dropping her lightsabers? It's just a thing. It's just a thing she does. I mean, she dropped her... She, she drops did... it every, every time she fights, almost. Like, she like in Clone Wars, she would drop it, and then in Clone Wars, again, she would drop them. In Rebels, she drops them, and even in this, she dropped her lightsabers. I was like, Ahsoka, quit dropping your lightsabers. But the moment she dropped it and she switched her form from the forward to the reverse, that was awesome. she... The lady she was fighting had pure fear in her eyes. And well, because uh, Ahsoka trained with reverse, with and reverse I'm hand pretty sure that lady knew. It's like, oh, oh, she was going easy on me. Because if you think about it, Ahsoka is toying with her. She was toying with everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's trained sure, by she's Anna. not technically a Jedi right now, but she's as powerful as. As a fully she still trained, acts like one. Yeah, too. she's as powerful as a fully trained Jedi. She was trained by Anakin and Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, I'm sorry, you're not winning. <laughs> Two of the most powerful Jedi's training. Heck, technically, she was also trained by Yoda because oh, all, the, all the little younglings are trained by Yoda. So she had three awesome, super masters. powerful masters. So this was my favorite episode not my favorite there still is another one that's coming up one of the best one of the best that i rewatch because it's just ahsoka and i love seeing her in live action exactly what's the um you remember in the clone wars when um ahsoka anakin obi-wan met um was it the father and the mortis Yes. That that was a good episode. The Mortis arc. Did you catch? Yeah, when... I forgot. The owl was the owl. there when Mando went to find her. When she when he found her. I just love and when she had that reference, I when she went up there, I thought she was gonna say, "Where's Ezra?" But no, "Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn?" I'm like, oh. I was like, oh. Uh. Like what? The... Then, then I was like, it's it's 
There it is. There it is. It's finally tying, it's at tying. Least something from Rebels with Rebels is canon. <laughs> <laughs> it was always but, canon. <laughs> no, but now we feel we feel that it's canon. Exactly. My brother he told me this um, that the Mandalorian feels like a side character in his own show. <laughs> it's kind of true. It's like, hey, I'm the Mandalorian. No, no, no. We're here for these two: Bogey Khan and Ahsoka. Like, and Baby Yoda. She's like, yeah, you're the side character. You're the one that's going on the side quest to do everything. <clears throat> so, uh, rating of this episode. Well, ten out it, of ten for me. I'd I have give to... it a nine point five. Yeah. Nine point five. Nine nine point five. I can't give it a ten yet. I can't. Uh, yeah. I can't. I don't hold, put out my tens willy nilly. Oh, here we go, guys. What, what did you rate it? How you know? 9.5. I still love this Oka. I'd say 9.8, maybe. I was going <laughs> to say, I Ahsoka. gave it a 10 out of 10. Just because that was, like, my my childhood dream come true as me as an adult. Like, You ready for this next episode? Some good stuff happening right over here. Episode 6, Chapter 14, The Tragedy. <laughs> Directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by John Favreau. The Mandalorian takes Grogu to the ancient temple on Typhon and places him on the seeing stone uh, at its center. Grogu meditates and is surrounded by a protective energy field. Boba Fett soon arrives with the mercenary Fennec Shan, who the Mandalorian had previously left for dead on Tatooine. Fett explains that the armor worn by Cobb Vance belongs to him as his father Jango was a Mandalorian found in. The Mandalorian agrees to return the armor in exchange for the safety of Grogu. Just as Moff Gideon arrives and deploys stormtroopers, Fett, Fenric, and the Mandalorian repel the stormtroopers' attack, during which time Grogu finishes the meditating and the energy field around him disappears. Gideon destroys the Razor Crest from orbit before deploying his droid dark troopers, who succeed in capturing Grogu. To honor their deal, Fett and Fenric promise to help the Mandalorian get Grogu back. They travel to Fett's ship, Slave One to Navarro, and ask for Dune's help in breaking criminal Migs Mayfeld out of New Republic prison. That was a good episode. You want to know what I thought was the funniest thing, though? What? Right as he put him on the stone, nothing happened, and he's like, because Mando doesn't believe in the Force yet. Right. So he's like, let's see, what mechanics are over here? Uh, he's looking for a... Do I need to push a, like a yeah, lever? Do I need to push a button? He's a very right? technical just, guy. Yeah, but then, little does you know, right as he turns away... Then he's like, um, and he tries multiple times to get the kid out, I'm like, and he just keeps repelled. I'm like, buddy, this is the force you're dealing with. I think buddy. it's funny that he tells you he, he just doesn't understand the force yet. He really doesn't. It was a good episode, and I think I read something saying that the guy that directed it, a lot of his things feel fan made, and this episode definitely had like a fan made mini short episode mm-hmm. feel to it. Because when the stormtroopers were coming in, it definitely had the vibe like. This feels fan-made. It looks fan-made, but it looks good. And I like that they made... So when we finally got the full look at the Dark Troopers, it actually... I don't know if you guys remember. It is the exact same um, droid that Admiral Thrawn would practice with. Exactly. In Rebels. It's just they're just tying everything together. He would train with them. And so now I'm like... So these have actually been around for a A long time. They're just finally using them. Um, we gotta let the elephant in the room out. The seismic charge. Oh, the oh. seismic charge. Oh my gosh, that, that was in this episode. It was, wasn't it? No, no. next one. Oh, oh. Shush. I thought it was. Next no, one. the next. No, one. this one is has, when he when he pulls up. 
with the Boba Fett was the key player in this episode. Favorite part was just Boba Fett showing up with his staff and just wrecking people. Well, I love how he, I love how he like snuck into the Razor Crest, got his armor back, put it on like had had like a whole outfit change, walked back up, and he's like, you were expecting Boba Fett like how the old Boba Fett was like super skinny. But he was like a he's little a, bit. He's pretty big dude. He was a he was I mean, a big like, dude, like ready to just beat down. Just like how the older clones were in uh, Rebels. They're bigger. Yeah. They're bigger dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's not like that they're fat. They they've just become stockier. Yeah, they're bigger. And when he came in without armor and just wrecked everybody, the knee rocket. Knee rocket. Knee rocket. <laughs> I'm it like, was such a good opportunity to see Boba Fett use all of his weapons. Boba at his missile like, and the best. Shit from, like, oh. <laughs> I was only aiming Amazing. for one. It's like you only aimed for one, but you made it look bad, eh? Oh. Everyone's like, "Oh, the tragedy! They took Grogu. Nah, they destroyed the Honda Civic." I actually yelled out, "Not the Honda Civic!" when it got shot. Oh my gosh, dude! I was like, oh, "I was in Yoda. shock when the Razor Crest got blown up." I was like, "No!" But like. Because it's, it's just such a cool-looking ship. It really is. No, my favorite is him go- checking the wreckage. It's not like, it's not like, oh, man, I lost my ship. It's like, I just got this fixed. <laughs> That's like a, a guy that has, that, like, works on cars. Just like, come on. Like, he gets done with this big old repair. Next day, he sees the check engine, and he's like, ah, ha, ha. Except there's a lot more light than just the check engine. <laughs> the entire dashboard just lit up. Your Christmas tree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like the dark, the dark troopers coming down and taking Yoda. That was that was. I thought something was gonna happen. No, I thought it was they were gonna kill him. I, I thought like, so too. Oh, they all oh, surrounded him like, what's going well, like, on? How long it took for them to even get into the center? I was like, uh-huh. what is is Grogu yeah, because gonna do anything no, or are they gonna do something? How long it was taking them to get them? I was like, this is a, a kidnapping. This is they're gonna kill. This him. is a murder. Execute. Well, right when I, when I saw the title, the tragedy. I was like, oh, here's the end of uh, Grogu. Well, I didn't... Here's the thing. First time watching it, I didn't see the title. Like, I watched it, and I think I looked away for a hot second, so I didn't see the title until afterwards, and everyone's like, oh, that's why it's called The Tragedy of the Tragedy. I'm like, oh, that's the episode's name? Okay. So I didn't know it was called The Tragedy. I don't even first time pay watching. attention to the title names. Speaking of title names... Oh, wait, no. Not speaking of title names. Speaking of reviews. What's our review on this one? I'm going to say 8.5... Just because we get to see Boba Fett like actually being Boba Fett and like seeing the dark the seeing the dark troopers come in and as a live action um, like piece, it was just such a phenomenal sight to see. Like, oh my gosh, those things are like they're they're scary and it was just I mean it was and but like the other con was was like it was sad to see the Razor Crest just get destroyed, which was basically Mando's home. Yeah, and. I just want to put something out there. I was upset that Mando's rifle got destroyed in the explosion. Yeah, his rifle, everything gone. The only um, thing he had, the only thing that he was able to find was his, ball. well, the ball the and his part. staff. <laughs> Disney's like, okay, that you know and the what? spear. You know what? We'll pick two things. Uh, he'll need that in the next one, and uh, let's give him that for uh, for the kids. <laughs> I'm gonna. I did like the episode a lot, but I'm gonna have to give it a seven. Seven. A seven. It was a good episode. I love the fan-made feel of it and everything. But I just, just overall good episode. We've ranked a lot of them really high. This one, I don't know, seven for me. There's just 
weird and I can't explain it, but it's a seven for me. I would probably I'd probably agree with him on an eight point five or a nine, just because of how you can see some of the rebels in there. You can see oh, some of the original trilogy in there. And just with all the action packed and how it literally leads up to probably my favorite episode, which is the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that's, that's my favorite episode. Yeah. But um, before we get to your ranking of it, Silver, you know some stuff about like um, Boba Fett's fighting with like his staff spear. Well, it just it it does look familiar to just the po- the Polynesian fighting style was only with wooden weapons. Wooden weapons, stone weapons, just a mixture of both. And you can easily tell that he was trained by someone that knows how to do that, and I think that's pretty freaking cool, too. Right, because he, what, what is the actor? You know Tamura Morrison? I think he is, like, with that first name, Tamura, I believe he is a Polynesian. No, he is, he is island descent. He's island, but I'm not sure, like, Polynesian, Samoan, uh, um, exactly. But, like, I'm pretty sure I saw something saying... Because he also played Aquaman's father. Yeah, he Mm -hmm. did. And so, it was because he had a Polynesian descent. And so, that is why I'm like... He's actually from... It says he's from New Zealand. Okay. Um, Oh, that's the... Okay, that's the... Oh, yeah. Watching it, I was like, that looks very island-inspired, and it's dope. You can see how it kind of is. But at the same time, it's just mixing wooden, like... Fighting style with just regular staff fighting. Right. Well, that 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 staff that he's using, the the shower head <laughs> thing, I like what you. Who, My brother called it a shower head because it's like, yeah, the thing kind of pokes out and it looks like there's a shower head at the end the of it. The Tuscan Raider staff. Yeah, but it's a Tuscan Raider weapon in mm-hmm. Star Wars. It's, it's one of their just handcrafted weapons that the Tuscan Raiders use. Yeah. All right, your your rank of this episode. Uh, well, before I give my rank, actually. Mm. So before I watched this episode, I actually watched a three hours worth of Boba Fett lore <laughs> on YouTube. It was really three hours of Boba Fett lore. That is goodness. So when I watched this episode, I was so happy. But like, cause you so like you probably went in not expecting Boba Fett to show up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then I watched it. And I was like, this is awesome, because. So one thing that they made very clear in, in it, right? So mm-hmm. you don't really see it in anything but legends. Mm-hmm. But uh, Boba Fett was actually trained a lot by his father, which is why he understands Mandalorian code which is and all that stuff. And then remember, he also does have the clone genes in him as well. Right. Mm-hmm. But he feels... Uh, he's an unaltered clone, though. So yeah. he feels that he... Is actually a child, and he does like like the, a child of him, and he doesn't like to be, uh, put in with the cl- clones. Like he doesn't like to be put into the same category. Like that's why he gets so mad throughout the series. Like when they call him just a stupid clone. Mm-hmm. That's why he gets so mad because he's not just any ordinary clone trooper. Mm-hmm. He is a totally different. Honestly, I want to say he's a totally different character than the clones. He's a different breed. Yeah. But the. He built different. Through <laughs> all of Legends, you see that the biggest lesson he that was put into him by his father was honor. Yeah, he, Well, that's he, a very big thing in Man, in the Mandal. Like I, I've watched a lot of more episodes about Mandalore because mm-hmm. I just love Man. Like I love Mandalore. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I was watching something 
I know this is off topic of Mandalorian, but the clone commandos, Jango Fett personally trained the clone commandos, the first batch of clone commandos in and, Mandalorian. In Mandalorian. <laughs> and so like the so if you guys ever played the clone commando game, the theme song Vote On means brothers all and he like Jango Fett actually taught the clone commandos that which he probably taught Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like uh, there's different stories. Uh, the one story that comes to mind for Boba Fett is uh, he was tasked in charge of bringing in somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he had a huge debt. So he, he was being paid to bring him in and so he can pay for his... So they could either like kill him or enslave him or whatever. But during that... During that uh, whole entire thing... Uh, he learned to like. He felt what this man was going through, right? And he started to sympathize with him. But one thing that his bro- his father taught him was Mandalorian honor. If you are paid paying to do a job, you finish that job to its full extent. Which is why at the end of this episode, he even said, though he got his armor, he's like, the job is not. That's that's another thing I love. The, the, the job is not, not done. Over. The job is not safe. The job mm-hmm. isn't done. It's like, okay, I need you to. I need to have you. Or Mando was like, oh yeah, protect the child at all costs. The child wasn't fully protected, so he's gonna go help rescue him. Mm-hmm. And also at the end of this episode, they go to ask um Cara Dune for help, and I just love this little thing of like, hey, I can't get him out of jail. They took my kid. We're getting him out of jail. <laughs> no, but like that. That's. It's not the fact that he's like going to save the child. It's the fact that he has honor to keep. Yeah, he has. He he's still, even after all these years of being stranded on Tatooine, he still holds that Mandalorian honor, like that code that if I'm being paid to do a job, I'm gonna finish that job to the full extent. And that's what I love about the Mandalorian. Like even Mando, like I'm hoping like next season, even though um, Grogu's gone. How I hope I really hope that Mando keeps his promise too to Grogu, saying I'll come visit you. If it does a time skip, I wouldn't be mad. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, and I'm curious to see if he does go visit him, if it'll be at a, a in during the sequel or yeah. But yeah, so back to my review, uh, because I believe that Boba Fett's character, like you want to expect Boba Fett to be like this from what you see of him mm-hmm. in even Clone Wars because in Clone Wars he's all about revenge but they kept his character so well from the comic books that I just gotta give this one like a nine and a half maybe nice maybe on a different day I probably would have even given it given it a ten because I just after watching so much of Boba Fett and seeing it all like you can see it in his character I just have it to, really shows the the, the writers of the show care about what they're doing. Well, they did their research. Yeah, and it shows that they did their research, and it shows it really shows in the show. Like Captain Kennedy, shows that they love they they love legends and they want to. Bring Captain Kennedy, we don't have any material. The writers of the show. Oh, really? They're just pulling everything out of legends. Mm-hmm. Everything out of legends. Everything oh. out of legends. Oh, the Ahsoka book. We'll take some of that. Oh. 
Oh, that? We're going to take some of the water. That's some unspoken stuff of a boat. Let's actually put it. Let's make make something totally different, you know? Right. That's why I'm so excited about the Book of Boba. I am so excited to see the Book of Boba. We'll get talking about that uh, after we have two more episodes, I believe. Episode 7. Episode 7. This is my favorite episode. Chapter 15, The Believer. Directed by Rick Samui? I don't know how you say this one. And written by Rick uh, Samui. Yeah, Sam Uwai. S A M U Y I W A. Anyone that knows how to pronounce that, let us know, please. Yeah. All right. Dune uses her credentials as a marshal of the New Republic to transfer Mayfeld, an ex-Imperial, from prison to her custody. He agrees to help locate Moff Gideon's cruiser, but needs access to an internal terminal. Internal terminal. Wow. He suggests a secret Imperial mining hub on Morak. There, Mayfield and the Mandalorian hijack a transport carrying the explosive mineral Rhydonium. And they manage to reach the mining facility despite attacks from local pirates. They get Gideon's coordinates from the terminal, but the Mandalorian is forced to remove his helmet in front of others for the first time since he took his Mandalorian oath. Sapara confronted by Mayfeld, old Imperial commanding officer, who Mayfeld kills when he gloats about atrocities committed by the Empire in Operation Cinder. Mayfeld and the Mandalorian escape with the help of Fennec, Dune, and Fench. Dune decides to let Mayfeld go. The Mandalorian sends Gideon a transmission, warning that he is coming for Grogu, paraphrasing a similar speech that Gideon had previously given. I love that episode. <sighs> that, this episode, that was just, it was one of my personal favorites. Um, I even like, like, probably one of my favorite things, it was just a super small thing that I think a lot of people missed when they were discussing the plan on the on the planet, like, getting ready to do it all, when they said, when they asked Boba Fett if he'd go in, he was like, <laughs> no, they might, uh, let's just say they might recognize my face. Like, yeah, because he's the, um, he's a clone. Their faces are kind of recognizable <laughs> here. I love that. And everyone's like, yeah, I can't go because I'm wanted. I can't go because I'm the Republic. I can't go because I'm a clone. And he's like, no one's seen my face for, like, years. But also, I love how he doesn't want to take off his helmet, but he knows that he has to if he wants to get the kid back. Mm-hmm. So I just love that little bit of character development in him. And throughout this entire season, we see that he kind of changes his, like, collapse. Well, and I, we'll think, I, I mm-hmm. think with, like, in this episode, even though, like, because Mando's code would never take off your helmet. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a lot of Mandalorian, like Death Watch and all of them, they were taking off their helmets, like, Almost every other Mandalorian but Mando's tribe take it off because take their helmets off. And it was it's explained okay. in the Eris that his tribe they were an extremist cult <laughs> that believed in like the old ancient ways of Mandalore, like all those things of um, never taking off your helmet and never doing other things. And so he's now discovering maybe that isn't what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. So this episode kind of shined a light on that. But also, like we were saying earlier. How the writers of this show have just been pulling things from everywhere. They pulled Operation Cinder from Battlefront 2, which I thought no one was going to admit that. was canon. But then they like... Well, we Operation always Cinder. knew that was canon because they said when they, the game first was released, they said this campaign is canon. And like they, they, they flat out said that any Star Wars media under the direction of EA was canon. So even like Fallen Order is canon. And that's something that makes me love... Fallen Order. Even more? Yeah. 
I just feel like, like seeing it in a TV show like Mandalorian is really nice confirmation. Like this is actually canon because they can say it for the games, but they won't recognize it in the TV, movies maybe. But when they did this, I was literally shocked. I'm like Operation Cinder, you're telling me they did that for reals? Good episode. I love Mayfeld had like a little PTSD episode when he's talking with his general and he's just like, you can see he's ready to tear and weld. And when nice. he shoots him. <laughs> I've like, seen so many edits of, oh no, oh no. Like, I, that's one thing I was like, I just love the sheer panic in Mayfeld and how he just eventually breaks and just shoots him. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, he just like, he like... got to the point of breaking and you could just see it on Din's face and just, mm. like, you did that. No way you just did that. Okay, well, let's shoot everyone else then. Right? And Mando, he has no social skills the entire time. He's, he's just, like, what do I do? My helmet's off. He feel, he looks like brown. one of those kids. brown on eyes. He looks like one of those kids at a, like, a social gathering that doesn't know anyone. He's just like, I'm going to stay here. Like, Din is like me because like, I go to parties and like friend, friend parties and I'm like, I don't know nobody here except for the guy who the party's for or something like so i'm just gonna stay in the back and not talk to anybody <laughs> good episode and i love that fennec and doom were just sniping once everything went wrong mm-hmm. just like, they are good shots mm-hmm. well i mean fennec was already a really good shot really i good wasn't shot. expecting out of doom yeah because she just carries around a giant gun and just black mows everything right. down and i was like oh she's actually a pretty good shot but that march not marshall the um Commander, officer, what was his rank? Yeah, commanding officer. Um, he was a creepy guy. He really uh, was. I was like, who's psycho? He was psycho. I'm like, yeah, the Empire's kind of messed up. Like th- that shows like the real like dark side of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Like you think the Empire's just this big dictatorship? It's like no, there's a darker side to the Empire, and it has broken men to the point of being psychos. He's like. Yeah, so Luke defeated the Death Star, but we have a thing to destroy planets that don't comply with us after that. He's like, we messed up. And he's like, we lost a little, lot of good soldiers, but it was all worth it in the end. Oh, it just it just really shows how power-seeking you can see how people become with the Empire. But also, in that episode, when we see the Empire rescue Din and Mayfeld, I was a, I was a little excited when they got rescued. Like, but this is the Empire that they're being rescued. And they even had, like, a heroic theme when they got saved. Like, mm. this is the first time we've seen the Empire as heroes. Yeah, it's like, well, you see the Empire... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Empire is like, oh, you guys are the heroes. Like, you guys are... So, like, Din and Mayfeld got a hero's welcome, but they didn't... But they got a hero's welcome because they thought they were the actual troopers, not a no. Mandalorian and a... Ex-Imperial trooper. And an ex-Imperial trooper slash prison guy. Right. And then when they were running out of there into Boba's ship, we also got to see how Boba's ship worked. Because everyone's like, do they just sit in there like that the entire time? Like, no. It, like, rotates the ship. It was nice to see the inside, finally. No, it was nice, because then you get to see how it works. Mm-hmm. So it's and not now we can talk I mean, about the seismic but, charge. Okay. Well, I want to bring something else up about Boba's ship. Oh. Is that the Lego... So I have... A Lego set of the Slave One, mm-hmm. and it looks like and how they've gotten the thing to do it so that when you rotate the ship, there's enough weight on the wings that it it uh, rotates itself. The wings rotate, and so does Boba Fett 
with it. So like the the pilot is like rotates with it's it. Nice. But the seismic charge, everyone was waiting for that to happen. I was sitting there, I'm like, is they is they gonna do this? That was only the third time he's ever used it on film, right? Right. That was the only third time. And the TIE fighters are chasing him, like, they're in prime position here. Is he gonna do it? He drops they're, it. They're, they're lining up. Oh, they're excited. He's <laughs> like, alright, drop the charge. He drops it. I'm like, everyone shut up right now. Right. It's like I was so glad that I was out of like I, there was nobody talking, and I was by myself watching the episode. Of course, all I hear is just, and then I just hear. Like seeing like, the explosion is beautiful, especially when you play in Battlefront. It still has the same effect because they made sure to get the you drop it. Yeah, and everything goes quiet too when you drop it. Yeah, it's like. It's like Mando Mayfield. They don't see. They don't have any reaction, but the fans watching that episode. Are screaming. Right. I was like, I, I did, I did what I call the silent scream. It was this when it's too loud that it's quiet. Yeah. That's crazy. Dude. Good episode. One of my favorites. Just a like you just all, all you heard out of me was oh. Good episode because not only of the action but the development in Mando and Mayfeld to show. That these things happen. The Empire, the New Republic, they're all the same. Someone that's just taking control over one another. And some people might like one more than the other. But like Mando, Mando shows what he will do to save the child. And Mayfeld shows, like, hey, I was a stormtrooper. That's behind me now. So yeah, like, It was actually like pretty freaking cool to watch Mando fight without his... Beskar. I know. You see, like, the first two hits, he's like, oh, crap, this is not He's like, oh, wait, I, I'm not, like, fully protected. I forgot I'm wearing... Crap, I'm wearing... Crap. Yeah, the armor stuff. breaks so easy. Like, why do you even have this as armor? It doesn't protect you. And but it, it, that, it, it protects from blasting shots. That's what it protects from. Mm. That's what... Um, well, it's even, it's even, like, Rex said, like, in Rebels... It's like when you put the stormtrooper armor, it's like, oh, this stuff isn't as good as the old clone armor. Yeah. So everyone's um, rating. I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it an 8.5 um, only because there, there wasn't as much like, gro- like, cause I mean, I like seeing Grogu. I like seeing him do his thing, but I feel like it was like a good filler in between like what they have, like part of their mission. I gave it a 9 out of 10 just because I liked the development in like seeing Din's development and just seeing everyone getting closer and like what they're willing to do to get Baby Yoda. Yeah, and that's what I, that's what I loved about this episode is like Din is like, I, I mean, to me, to me, to me. To me, the only reason the way I get another reason why I gave it an eight point five was because they didn't I, I didn't really catch on to what they meant by the believer. Like I was like, why did they call it the believer? They could have called it the heister. They had another episode called the heister already in season one, I think, didn't they? I believe so. Oh yeah, episode five, season one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but like they could have, they could have called it like, um, like the the codes or something. Yeah, I don't, the believer doesn't really. There's something there. Not sure what it is, but we'll find it. What are your guys' rankings for it? 
I'm trying to think. It's not a thing for you. Well, well, let, let, let me let me go through the episode to see if there's anything I don't really like. Because let's see, at the beginning, I love their whole like them on the ship, like or the transport, going and the all the attack with the pirates. We didn't really talk about that, but that whole scene was so good. Seeing him fend off, defend off all those pirates. Yeah, it really was. That was an awesome scene. Like watching him just like chuck grenades back, mm-hmm. and when they jump on, he's like fighting them like hand to hand like you really get to see the true mandalorian come out in mando when he's not even like looking like a mandalorian mm-hmm. he's but he's acting like a absolute true mandalorian in those scenes i, I love the stormtroopers saluting him too it's like wow this guy got different training than we did <laughs> or like when they're when they're all, when they're starting to walk in to go try and find the the port they're like Nice job. Uh-huh. Heck yeah. For the Empire. But another thing I really like is uh, him taking off his helmet because it shows that uh, the only reason he'll ever take off his helmet is for Grogu. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have a feeling in the next few seasons we'll be seeing him take it off more, though. Probably. Yeah. His code definitely has changed. Mm-hmm. I think it's just starting to break because he's realizing that it's not the way. Like obviously it's he's like way. this like, is the way. He's like this it is it was the way when I was being taught it, but the longer But if you think about it, even uh Book Ten told him this is the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it I thought she said that in a mocking kind of way. Not like a mocking, but like she said it back as like this is the way in a sense. No, no, no yeah, the the uh it the way isn't exact it's just the way of the Mandalorian. Because even though they're all different clans, clans, they, they, in the end, they all have the same idea of what Mandalore is. Mm-hmm. You guys okay if I go to the next episode? Uh, Final episode. Oh. I'll give it a. I think I'm giving it a nine out of ten. I guess I'll give it like a nine point two. All right. That's an odd one to give. I, I don't feel like it earned quite a nine point five, but it's definitely better than a nine. 9.2, 9. 9.3. Yeah, no, that's what I was, I was like, oh, I can't say 10. It's not a perfect Because 10. I know what a 10 is. And a 10. And the 10 will be oh. in season 3. It will be. I think it will I be. I mean, I think, in my opinion, we already had the 10, which was which was the episode of the Jedi, just seeing Ahsoka, but that, you guys all have that different, that's just my opinion. I love that episode, mm-hmm. but I, I can't put it as a 10. But the episode that I might put as a 10 is episode 8. Chapter 16, The Rescue. Directed by Peyton Reed, written by John Favreau. The Imperial shuttle is, is disabled by Slave Run 1, and the Mandalorian and Cardoon board and capture Dr. Pershing. Next, they enlist the help of Bo-Katan and Kisoka Reeves in return for both in return for Bo-Katan getting Gideon's cruiser and the Darksaber. The group <laughs> uses the shuttle to get close enough to crash land on Gideon's cruiser. With that pretending to attack them in Slave 1. Bo-Katan, Hisoka, Fennec, and Dune fight through stormtroopers to the cruiser's bridge. Meanwhile, the Mandalorian fights the dark troopers, barely defeats one of them, and ejects the rest into space. He fights Gideon with Beskar spear and wins, making him the rightful owner of the Dark Saber. The dark troopers fly back onto the ship and attack. Before they are overwhelmed, Jedi Luke Skywalker arrives and easily defeats all the dark troopers. 
The Mandalorian gives Grogu permission to go with Skywalker and R2-D2 to complete his training. In a post credit scene, Fett and Fennec travel to Jabba's palace on Tatooine, where Fett kills Bib Fortuna and takes the throne. Oh, dude. This... That was a lot in just the season oh, finale. Dude, this episode, man. Oh, my gosh. I think I can give this. I think I already know my rating for this one. Same, let's, let's start with our ratings, and then we'll go into why we gave it that rating. I give. That I feel like nine. you should talk about it, like first, like talk about the episode. Yeah. Then oh, give it a rating. All right. Oh, I don't know. There's just so much. From the way it starts, just attacking their ship and just they are ready. They are dead no, yeah, set on getting when, the kid back. It starts with them attacking Doctor Pershing's ship. Yeah, no, but they don't even expect him to be it to be the Mando. They don't expect it. They're like, oh, it's Slave One, and then Mando shows up and just like oh, they have this kid. So some pirate shows up, and then they were and tell a different point of view of the Death Star too blowing up. Of um, yeah, I had friends on there too. Like all other one blew up. Maybe we should have blown up another one. And then he's just egging this girl on, and she's like, oh, I had enough, and shoots him. He's like, Oh, Doctor Pershing, yeah, he's a clone um guy. He's a clone. Yeah, scientist. he's a cloner. Like okay, not as good as a Camino, and but, but he's a cloner. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to help them, which I found odd at first, but when you realize he'd rather have the kid alive, he's like, I don't want it dead. Like, sure, I'll help you because my life's on the line. It was weird to see that, but still, pretty good. Even since season one, he's been... That kind of guy. Where he's like, I don't want to die. Like, just... I don't want to die. Like, don't hurt the kid. I don't want to die, and I don't want the kid to die. die. So I'll do whatever I can to make sure He's a very squeamish character. Yeah. And then when they go to that planet to find Bo Katan, mm-hmm. you just see her ship there. I'm like, you made that live action too? Oh, beautiful. Seeing her right. ship. I love, I love the Mandalorian ship. But um, seeing all our favorite ships from the TV shows, Chef Kiss. Mm-hmm. And they go there and they have that little squabble and they say, I've heard your voice a thousand times. I'm like, I'm sorry. But Rex's voice sounds different than Five's voice. And Five sounds different than Cody. Don't you disrespect my boys like that. Well, when, um, my father, do you mean your donor? Ooh! The comeback back, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm at a school fight right now. Like, ooh, who's going first? Well, I, 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 like, when, even in Clone Wars, when they, uh, like, about the voices, like, what did you mention about the voices? He tried, like, the guy who voiced all the clones tried to give them a little bit more different. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can definitely tell there's a difference, but still, I love that they all have the same voice, different, but different personalities and everything. Mm-hmm. But just that little comeback and everything, like, you're not a real Mandalorian. It's like, we already had this debate with Din, okay? We don't need another debate of why it's not a real, real Mandalorian. But yeah. And then they finally get Bo-Katan. And she, I, I love how before they even leave, she's like, I, ha- I have to be the one that gets him to yield. Like, we can do whatever you want, but I have to fight Gideon. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, calm down. Uh-huh. I, it didn't even pass through my mind when it, when she was first saying it, though, that the only way for her to get the Darksaber is for her to fight him. Well, because right, right as um, Gideon was saying that, I was like, I actually started thinking about the last person that had it, and I was like, wait, hold on, who, who was fighting for it the last time I even saw the Darksaber? I was like, wait. I don't even remember anyone fighting for it when Sabine had it. Actually, I was like, wait, did she like lose it or give it to someone else? 
And it made me think, and I was like, what the heck? Yeah. When they go on there, and they're like, all right, you got to make it pretend. Make it look like this, we're attacking you. So you go through their tubes so they can't send any more TIE fighters. Like, they thought things through, but Gideon is a smart guy. He recognized um, Bo-Katan's voice. He's like, well, I know what she's here for. I know what he's here for. I'm going straight to the child. And it was just genius planning. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, Giancarlo Esposita, um, he did such a good job at capturing Moff Gideon. Oh, yeah. Like, just this, this guy who has served the Empire almost his entire life. And it's like, he's not a fighter. I mean, sure, he's a bit of a fighter. He is he's kind of like... Thrawn, where he's a strat, he's a strategist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I love that's that. all the Admiral Thrawn is in Rebels, and it's crazy good. And if like Admiral Thrawn, he like I I've, I've been rewatching Rebels lately, just just because mm-hmm. I wanted to rewatch it. I I get I finally got to see I got to season three, and I'm on the last few episodes, and I every time I see Thrawn, I get a little terrified. I'm like, oh. There's just characters that give fear, even though they're not like a physical um even though they're not darth vader yeah like darth vader you see him and you're like i'm dead i'm completely dead there's nothing you can do like in fallen order that man doesn't have a health bar that is how terrifying he is right <laughs> he's the final boss where's the health bar where's the health bar well nothing. like i mean just to see vader oh you failed me yee it's like, like uh, uh, but thrawn it's a different thing because you're just like he's in front of me i'm dead I'm already dead. I don't. He can't beat me in a physical like, fight, but he well, probably has something set up to kill me already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, if he's presenting himself, I'm. He already has all the pieces where he wants them to be. He just needs to move one more thing, and it's. Well, and what may what I think makes Thrawn super terrifying, is how soft spoken he is, like just how he talks. I think those are the, some of my favorite villains. It's just the soft spoken. A strategist. Strategist, the ones that just know what they're doing. But yeah, this episode. So, so continue. Uh, they they get out of the ship, right? And they're and just they're, mowing they're... everyone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going through, that, that's, destroying that's, everyone. That's how you get a girl power scene. I and it doesn't even where... seem forced to me. It's like exactly. I didn't even. I, I didn't even notice that. That wasn't. Well, I'm like, it's another girl power scene. I'm like, no, it so. was. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, they are all girls, aren't they? I didn't even notice that. I'm like. You don't have to force it. You don't have it's to just force there. it. Oh, it makes, what this is. It makes sense. Ben's going to get the child because that's what he's there to do. Mm-hmm. Boba is the distraction for the ship. He served his purpose. He did his job. And the rest of the girls, they're on their way to get to the main hangar to get Gideon. Like, it's a solid plan. It's not a forced, girls, get it done. And like, that, that, was, sense. that was Bo-Katan's, that was her objective. Right. That's what she wanted to do. And so they were headed there, but little did they know that he already... Right. Yeah. Like, Gideon knows exactly what he wants to do. And they exactly. Both, they planned so well, but Gideon was just ahead the entire time. Just a little bit. I love the part, though, where the Dark Trooper showed up. You're like, oh, he, is he going to get there? The Dark Trooper theme, though. Why is it a bop? It's... it's <laughs> I heard it, and I was like... <laughs> I was like, I'm listening to dubstep, dude. <laughs> Right, uh, like I heard the Dark Trooper theme, and I listened to this composer. His name's Samuel Kim. You, oh, he's you, great! I love, I love Samuel. He makes an epic version of the songs. Amazing guy. Listen to him. And I, I was like, I saw the last episode. He did a double upload in a day. He, he did. He did the Force, like Mando. He did a 
Mando epic theme of Binary Sunset and a epic version of the the Dark Trooper theme. And I was like, mm. gorgeous. Um, so yeah, Boba or uh, not Boba uh, Mando. Mando when he fights the Dark Troopers. Dude, I thought he was dead. I thought he was I dead. I thought he was dead. I know his helmet wasn't going to cave in, but I had a fear that his helmet was going to cave yeah, in. Yeah, I know. When it was like punching, it's like going into the wall. I was like, I know Beskar is the strongest in each other in Star Wars, but I feel like these dark troopers, with how hard they're hitting, his helmet's just going to... Yeah, no, once he started like... shooting it and it wasn't doing anything, it made me realize, I was like, that's why he had to have the Beskar... The mm-hmm. Beskar staff. Yeah. And when he stabs it right through the neck to the head, I'm like... And just oh. connects the head... Then I started to think, oh, that's how he's going to beat him. Yeah, but then he ejects them all. Yeah. Ejects them all out. Like, there's no way he can fight. He had a hard time fighting one. Imagine trying to fight the When they showed up, like, at the bridge and they were about to come in, I, I he realized, had yeah, the Darksaber, I was like, oh, man, he's going to get to but, use but it. But yeah, let's, let's get to that. <sighs> and then he gets into the brig where Baby Yoda is, mm-hmm. and Gideon, this man, just the, the, the balls to hold the sword over my child. I actually thought he was going to let him go. I thought so, too. He's like... You don't want the sword? Goes big up. And attacks him from behind. What a Little scum. did he know. Oh, I, like, I saw it happen. It was like, like, when Mando was trying to barter, I, like, all I need is for you to let the kid go. Like, I thought Moff Gideon was actually surprised that he wasn't there for the Darksaber. I don't, I, I think, don't think he actually See, was I, surprised. I think he put that there to be like, if we fight and I'm going to lose this fight, you're he gonna wins be... the Darksaber and that's going to mess up Bo-Katan. Yeah. So yeah, that fight was cool. It was pretty cool. And him using the staff. And the thing is, Pedro Pascal, he's been trained in staff fighting. So when they showed the Beskar staff, I'm like, this man's going to have a fight scene. He's going to do it himself. It's going to be epic. Yeah. Well, um, like when they said that there was going to be a lot of lightsaber fighting, I thought it like when they said that there was going to be lightsaber fights in this new season, I was like, so Ahsoka and Moff Gideon are going to fight. That's what I thought. I but then Ahsoka fought the one chick with and with the staff, and it showed that a lightsaber cannot cut that staff. Mm-hmm. Normal lightsabers. All, all that we saw was that it can it would burn it, it looked and it would just turn super red. orange. It would just red. superheat. I think it's the metal. because dark sabers are built different. Oh, well, the thing is, it's Mandalorian, so why wouldn't it be able to cut through Beskar steel? It has to be on it longer because it has. It's like a sword, so I think because it has that more pressure on it than the normal lightsaber does, because the lightsabers are. I was gonna say the dark saber is a very different lightsaber, so it's in like, general, it's built different. It built different. Um. So he defeats Gideon, gets the kid, gets the dark saber. Is the new ruler of Mandalore. Uh-huh. And like, so you're the king now. Have fun. You have responsibilities. No, he's like, dude, when Moff Gideon started talking, like, oh, this is what he was planning this whole freaking time. And then he shows up, Bo-Katan. He's like, here's the Darksaber. He's like, oh, she can't accept that. I was like, oh, okay. Bo-Katan, her face the entire time was just like, how'd you get that? There's one plan, and you messed it up, kid. She was, like, so ready to just take her blaster and just, she was ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. You can see that she was just staring at like right in between him and the dark saber. Like the entire time, she was just like, she was, I bet she was looking at him and like, all right, here are the weak spots in his armor. If I shoot here, maybe if I shoot right there, right. But she was contemplating shoulder. how to murder him. She's like, I can shoot him there. No, no, no. Too fast, too fast. How about here? 
It'll have to be one in an honorary an honor battle. Did you hear though? She was. I was. I was honestly expecting them to fight too. I thought so too. Mm-hmm. And the Gideon. But I said but that it not. happened. Oh. Mm. The dark troopers come back, and we're just like, great. They block everything up. And they're sitting there. He has the dark saber. This is where I thought he was gonna be able to use the dark saber and, and mow them down. I was so excited just to destroy these dark troopers. Like, like they're breaking down the wall. You like? I was when they first hit the wall, I'm like, oh, this is gonna take forever. And but then, then like, you see the progress. You're like, they're breaking it down. I was like, so, okay, here it comes, dude. With the so, I don't know. Have you guys seen Real Steel? The yeah. robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that movie. So, those dark troopers reminded me of Zeus. Zeus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, Zeus. I was like, dude, this is going to be the fight of their lives. It was just like a dozen little Zeuses. Yeah, just like a bunch of mini. But, but like, you know how Zeus was like more of a rapid hitter? Uh-huh. Like, you see those little ones were rapid? Slow, like each but these guys were like, boom. Like, they were like powering up their punches mm-hmm. and doing it simultaneously. Rather than just boom, but they reminded me, like when oh, I saw him like lock deal. into a punch position, I was like, oh my god, this is Zeus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then the X wing shows oh, up. Oh my gosh! They, they, no, they get the, they the notification. Get the, it's like, oh, a uh, ship just came in. Unknown aircraft. Identify yourself. It's like it's a single no X wing. Oh great, we're saved, everyone. <laughs> it's happening. I saw the re- oh, no, I saw the, X- the X wing. I was like. Like, I saw the X-Wing, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, it's going to be the new, it's going to be the new Republic, because a whole fleet of them's going to come. Like, like, there's only one, it's like, the rest are on their way, and you just see a bunch of them, and it'd be like a heroic moment, but no. You, and then, you see it and then I realized, and then I realized, I was like, I was sitting there watching, I was like, okay, so only one X-Wing, where's the rest of them? Then I realized, like, I asked myself this question, I was like, is that Red 5? <laughs> is that the red fight the, x-wing the one x-wing plus the legit no response from it i was like when it lands in the bay, something special is gonna come out of that i was like i'm like mm-hmm. oh, and then i see the, and then i see the figure i was like okay i don't know which figure this is i don't know who this is then i saw the green lightsaber oh, and i was like i was like it's luke yes i'm gonna have to edit this a lot i can already tell you that loves gonna edit that audio down Quite a bit with how much excitement we have here. <laughs> but Luke shows up, but we don't know it's Luke at first because we mm-hmm. see him show up, and it's a man cloaked in black. But we know Luke Chanel boots Skywalker well, is we, always extra. We know that like, well, around that time there was Mandalorian is based right after Return of the Jedi. So there's only like the two real options he, of Ezra or Luke. Yeah, and he well, still had the glove on the right and nothing on the left. But we see him on the monitors, mm-hmm. and so we don't know what color the lightsaber is for a while until it cuts to him mm-hmm. up close in the destroying elevator. That reminds me well, so much of Rogue One. It's like like father, like son. I well when I seen when I'd seen it when I'd seen the green lightsaber, I was like, okay, it's a green lightsaber, and I panned up to the emitter, and I was like, no. When I saw like, I saw that, I, like, I saw okay, that. green lightsaber, they're, they're not going to try to tease me, and then, yeah, you see the hilt, right? Like, oh, you see the hilt, and you're like, it's Luke. And the way he's just going, that is prime Luke Skywalker. He's going through, he deflects it behind the back like his dad did, he's walking through that hallway like his dad did, that man is so extra. That is why we call him Luke Chanel Boots Skywalker. <laughs> oh, he walks up to the door. 
open the door. Huh. And Grogu, right, the entire time, just sitting on the screen like, like, hey, hey, that's my guy. That's my <laughs> Hey, that's my Uncle Luke. He's like, hey, I know him. I called him. I called him. No, but like, before he took off his like hood, right? I was sitting there thinking, I was like, oh, please don't be a Superman and freaking Justice League. I was kind of <laughs> expecting it to be um, Sebastian Stan. Yeah. I was like, are they going to have Sebastian Stan? Like Tons of people were saying that he's probably the, best, I mean, the closest one. For like a facial thing. Yeah. But they did it really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still looks a lot like Sebastian Stan. I it still does. The CGI, the aging of it. Like, cause you can still see a little bit of Mark. Mark Hamill at that time and Sebastian Stan now, they look so much alike that exactly. it's like, you're going to think it's Sebastian Stan. I thought it was Sebastian Stan at first. And then looking into it, I'm like, oh, it's not, but still looks pretty good. Yeah. He shows well, and up. Well, when he started talking, I was like, that's, a, that's definitely Mark Hamill. They show up, and he's just like, are you a Jedi? It's like, yes, I am. Then, this is Luke Skywalker here, Did boy. Did you just see the laser was... sword that he was using? I was gonna ask him. I would have loved it if Bo Katan realized, like, I'm Luke Skywalker. 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 Hmm. Is your dad Anakin? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, my friend Ahsoka was his Padawan. You should meet her. Oh my gosh. She's on this planet Corvus. Like, wait. Go see her. My dad had a Padawan. Yeah. You know, she's just like your dad. Actually, just like him. Like, and she's still alive. Didn't you tell her? Didn't no, he didn't tell me. Oh, man. <laughs> just well, that interaction there would be hilarious. So, I just like, like, I was expecting when Luke was like, when Mando was like, when Mando like said, are you a Jedi? I wasn't expecting just, yes, I was expecting, I'm, my name is Luke Skywalker and I'm here to rescue the child. Right. Yeah, huh? Like taking old, uh, like, Taking old clips of his voice, right? And just... Be like, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. You know, like something like Luke would say, but it still worked. Because it's in Mandalorian, well, he's I like, mean, yes, I'm a Jedi. Even, even okay. if not even taking old clips, because Mark Hamill can still do the young Luke mm-hmm. voice. I mean, like there's videos of Mark Hamill like meeting fans, like having fans meet Mark Hamill. And the fans were like doing the, no, that's impossible. But like... You you see Mark Hamill sneak up behind him. He's like, no, that is it. Like, does the whole. It sounds like. It sounds just like, like Luke from like the seventies and eighties. Well, no matter how old he got, he can still do Luke, and he can still do the Joker voice. Remember when he can still do Joker? He can still do it so good. Yeah, he's just talented like that. I love. But this part right here broke me when he's like, I'm here for the kid, and the kid is holding on to Din's leg. He's like, he's, like, he wants a commission. Like, he's like, he doesn't want to go with you. He wants a commission. Like, no, Luke, you don't have to say that. And then he takes the hand on the helmet. I lost it. Helmet. I was like, I'm like, you better take off your helmet, dude. He you takes better. it off. He takes it off. We're like, and when he touches him, that's the first time he's ever had like physical touch in years, and you can just see him close his eyes, and you can see a little tear start yeah. to form. Dude, I was crying. I, I was crying. crying. I the thing is, I couldn't sleep that night, and I realized it was the night of the new Mandalorian episode. So I stayed up and I turned it on, and I was in my room, and so we, were playing, we were probably watching at the same time. Probably, that's what I did. Yeah, I, I, I waited until I woke up. I, I, like, I, I fell asleep. And I was like, you know when I watched it? <laughs> when? When I got home after our uh, Twilight episode. Yeah, I told you to watch the episode, and you went home, and now you know why. I watched it. I watched it at twelve thirty. <laughs> it's a good episode. Uh-huh. And he takes the kid. And Mando's just sitting there. The doors closed. I knew it when those doors no, R2 closed. No, R2-D2 comes out. I was yeah, so happy with R2. I was like, wait. We got and R2, Luke. I was like, 
I was like, dude, Arthur's getting flashbacks of Yoda taking his food. Arthur's probably sitting there, like, again, listening, to again, the re- listening to the recording of ding, 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 ding. It's just, Arthur's I, just freaking out. He's like, huh? He's getting on flashbacks. <laughs> but the thing is, I feel like Arthur has the most PTSD in all But then they bring in R2-D2. I'm like, y'all really ain't pulling out all the stops here. And the doors closed and end the season. Uh-huh. I knew they were gonna end it with like a door closing thing, but it still was like, wait. wait and then part I, part of me was like honestly kind of hoping the da 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 I was expecting that, but then I just hear boom, and I hear the Mandalorian theme. I'm like, and normally after an episode, normally after an episode. I end the episode. Yeah. But this time I was just like I'm in shock and joy. So I'm just watching the end credits and I'm so glad I did because that Boba Fett end no, credits. So I, right? I was sitting there, I was like, I remember, I was, I was like, okay, last season they had an ending credit scene. I'm sitting there, I was like, are they really going to have an ending credit scene? How are they going to top what they did before with what just happened? Oh. Right. And it goes. And you see Fennec just shoot everyone. No, down. you see Jabba's palace and you're like, oh, what, what, what are they doing at Jabba's palace? What is Mando doing here? No, Mando. And then it goes into the throne it's room. Amen, like, what is he doing here? Why is he fat? Why is he alive? I was Wait, so I he dead. And then Fennec comes and kills everyone. Like, Fennec? Fennec? She kills everyone and down the stairs right after her. Uh, like, Boba. she kills everyone but Bib. Because she knows that Boba wanted him. He, Boba comes down those stairs. Bib's like, oh, he's going to Boba. Hey, Boba. I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. <laughs> And Welcome back. Boba doesn't say And then Boba just, boom. Okay, can we talk about Boba Fett has his old blaster back? He has everything. Yes. I was so old. He goes there, that. takes that throne, and it grabs the... I just love how he just, drink. like... I love how he was just, like... He just, like, backed up onto the throne and was just, like... This yeah, is mine like, now. He's like, this is where I belong. Because, think about it. I mean... Uh, actually, now I think about it, you guys might not be thinking the same thing I am because you didn't watch the three-hour <laughs> But so I probably listened to it while I was asleep one night. But So, uh, Boba Fett, his home was Jabba Palace. Oh, so that's so, why when, whenever he wasn't doing, Whenever he wasn't doing hunts, he was at Jabba's Palace because Jabba, he was his number one bounty hunter. Yeah. Like... Mm-hmm. Jabba trusted him with everything. So, Han Solo was his number one smuggler for a while, right? Mm-hmm. But, but um, Boba was his number one bounty hunter. Yeah, and bounty hunters, he trusted more than anybody. Which is why he always had them, had them around him. And then the one time when he even sent Boba to go get Han Solo. Yeah, no, right? right? And, um, so, I'm pretty sure Boba Fett felt entitled. So that's my home, I'm taking it back. Yeah, like, because... Jabba's Jabba, gone? Yeah. Jabba, like, I mean, he he was always, like, getting angry at, angry at everyone else, right? Yeah. But Jabba would never get angry with Boba Fett because he knew he would do everything right for him. And it just ends with the Book of Boba Fett. Oh. Right. And I, I was like, wait, is that going to be season three? But nope, it's a whole new series. Yeah, so we get Mandalorian season three with Bo- the Book of Boba Fett Here, season one. Here's how I think it's going to pan out with the... Because they're going to do... They're gonna do the Mandalorian season three, end it in December like they did this year, and then 
have and then have a new show already start air, and then have a new show air right after it comes out because it says December 2021. Mm-hmm. So we've got another year until that show's out. Two. <laughs> two for me and Reggie. Yeah, here. two for us. <laughs> yeah, two for you guys. Uh, but for like me and Silver, we've got only one year until this mm-hmm. movie is or until the yeah, show is coming out. Who knows? Who knows? But. My review, my ranking of that episode is a ten. Yeah, the ten I, for this season. I was just gonna say I'm gonna give that episode a ten, just of how much happened, like and every everything that happened. That it's a ten for me, dude. That was such Still, a good, for you? beautiful one. You you don't think it's a ten? Huh? I'm debating between a nine point seven and a ten. <laughs> I'd say just give it a ten. Oh my gosh! I just I don't know if I fully want to because agree with how it ended just because we all got attached to Grogu. It's, Mandal- it's Mandalorian and Grogu. That's their, That's the their show. pack. Yeah, no. Their pack. But now that no, he's gone on the I used to call it the Baby Yoda show. Because that's what it was for me. Well, that, that's, that's what it was for me. And that's their whole merchandise is Baby Yoda. Exactly. So once he left, I'm like, well, what's next? So now is, it just, is he just going to go back to the guild? Is he going to go back to the guild and just start? No. I... Well, well I the think... guild's basically all but gone because the guild just turned into a. Well, when I say guild, I, I pretty much just mean you're gonna go back to being a full-on bounty hunter. Right? Is he just, is he just gonna go fights? back to like I have a feeling that like when we pick him up in season three, he'll be back on Navarro with a whole new so ship. Too. Yeah. Just do and like working but with Reef Karga. I think this next season is gonna be mainly a battle of himself. He's, right. Because. Now that he's seen so much of Mandalorian, like... Lore and, like, culture. Yeah, so much of their culture, so much of just everything. He's going to have a battle with himself with, like... He's going to be asking, uh... Is, is the... Is, you might go, like, on a soul search kind of thing of, like... Is, do I still want to be part of this clan? Or do I join a different clan or do my own thing? I, I have a feeling that next season, like... The next season will progress with him traveling... To Mandalore and starting to become more of the ruler of Mandalore. Oh, what if they with have a lot of more Mandalore extremists, or with Mandalorian extremists coming after him for the dark saber. Yeah. Trying to become the ruler because, like, I mean, Bo-Katan sees who the new ruler is. She's gonna go back to Mandalore and spread it. Knowing her, yeah, because she's she's something else. So our I mean, she got mad at, she got mad at Sabine. Overall review of second season? I enjoyed it more than season one. Oh, way more. I love this season. Like, I I have never been more excited for Star Wars than this, this season. Yeah, this like, series I, itself makes me excited for Star Wars' future. In one season, you've, we've already had two Jedi. We had two and we, Jedi and, loved and a lot more connections well, to the rest of the Jedi, universe. But still. Uh, a civilian. Can, it, I Define Jedi. <laughs> We've seen two. Okay, we'll see. We've seen two Force wheelers. Yes. Two main, more main character Force wheelers besides Grogu. Grogu was the first Force wheeler we saw in the show. We got two more that are experienced Force users. Katano and Luke Skywalker, dude. I really wish that they have would have met. I know. At least, at least they don't have to work together. I just think it'd be freaking awesome. I think for, it would be nice for Master's have... son to meet. And Luke meet uh, his father's apprentice. They start to meet 
her friend or master's son and to them for them to catch up like you know your dad committed a lot of war crimes and like well, you, you, so did, you so dad, like you never really got to have your dad i saw your let dad you as a him. father let me tell you about him do you think if if they do meet together though i think it's going to be a uh, luke actually knowing her and luke showing that anakin came back to the light side and anakin's force goes finally reconciling with a uh, ahsoka mm -hmm. you know how beautiful of a scene that Gorgeous. would be right or having having like i'm hoping in the ahsoka series that we see anakin talk to ahsoka mm -hmm. yeah like as a force ghost or because i don't or, or even like because I don't know when they're going to be or doing this. Or do you think Hayden Christensen will also come back since he's going to be in the Obi-Wan series? Kanan? Or Hayden Christensen? Yeah, Hayden Christensen is coming yeah, back. Yeah, well, they've confirmed him for that, but okay. I have a feeling that they'll be bringing him... I have, I kind of have a slight feeling that they'll be bringing him as an actual Force ghost. So it'll probably be after the... All after the Clone Wars? I have a feeling it'll be her... All after she went to... So what I read on it is that it takes place in the same time as Mandal as the Mandalorian. Okay. Uh -huh. It's just only a focus on okay, yeah. It's only focused on Ahsoka. Okay. So it's after Rebels and it's after And I don't think it's gonna have Anakin. Oh, I think she's gonna reminisce on Anakin, but it's gonna be her finding Ezra and Thrawn. I feel I like it'll be that. her finding Thrawn, but um Oh yeah, and since it's around the Okay. I there there like these the two shows man the Mandalorian and Ahsoka will have very close ties to each other for the shows. Definitely. I I, I know Obi Wan Obi Wan is set in the I think right after Revenge of the Sith so it's like Obi Wan's more going into hiding so yeah. but Hayden Christ but they've also said Hayden Christensen is coming back as Anakin Skywalker. So, so it's probably gonna be like visions, and he's gonna have like night terrors of Anakin and reliving um, Revenge of the Sith, I and like I have having a like a hallucination that... of Anakin. Of like... They might even have a few scenes with Darth Vader. They might. Well, I mean, they they still Lucasfilm still has Hayden Christensen's Vader suit. Yeah, because the the Vader that we saw in Revenge of the Sith was not David Prowse. It was Hayden Christensen. But yes, I made the suit. suit for him. But season two Mandalorian. I give it a pretty good um, review. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. I'm just gonna say about a nine out of ten. I'd say. Uh, you guys don't have to agree with us. You I, can do your I own think rating. I think I'd say eight and a half, eight out of ten. Because sure, this show was great, but they had a few one episodes where I was like, not up to snuff, you know. And yeah. also, we are not the casual Star Wars fans. We're more. We know a lot of lore, so the things that they brought into it, we understand a lot more. So that's yeah. why it's like, we like it. But the casual viewers, they see these things like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm so people, glad I people, don't watch this show seeing... with people that I know because I'm like, uh, I smash them with a boulder of lore. Honestly. <laughs> like, like, or having people like who haven't watched Clone Wars, especially seeing the Dark Saber, it's like, oh, this one's new. No, it's no. not. Mm -hmm. Go watch Clone Wars. Go watch at least season four of Clone Wars. All right, Silver, your re final review of the overall season. I'm kind of mixed because the beginning of the season, it had a little slow start, mm -hmm. but then obviously towards the end, it made up for all of it. Yeah. And it's easy to see that 
it took over with all the strong points and bringing in new people, showing all of them. And so I probably would, I probably give it a good nine point five. All right. Just because, yeah, maybe towards the like the first couple of episodes, I'd probably give it like a seven. Yeah. But they made up for it with everything that they did, and that's why I'm giving it a higher rating, just because they totally recovered. Okay. And it now it just makes me even more excited for whatever's coming next. Alright, that is the review of Mandalorian Season 2. Check in for the next episode of Kings of Film. Thank you all for watching. Hopefully Bye. we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Kings of Film. If you liked what you listened to, try some more. If you're waiting for another episode, don't worry, it'll be out soon. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.